Welcome to Ministry Strong with Lisa Whittle, where ministry matters so much that a co-host and I have conversations to help strengthen and encourage ministry leaders to serve Jesus with integrity for the long haul. And we don't shy away from the tough issues about culture and the church. I've got some thoughts about our addictions as leaders. Are you ready to dive in? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. When I say the word addictions as leaders, I don't want to be careful to say I'm not talking in clinical senses here. Okay. Because I think clinical right away. Oh, you do? When you say addictions, I think like crack, heroin, are you fe- alcohol. Are, are you I mean, being serious? Dead serious. Okay. Well, they could be clinical. Yeah. I just mean like I can't diagnose that for people because I'm, sure. I'm not a therapist and yeah. you aren't either. Yeah. Um, okay. So they could be. They could be. They could be clinical addictions. But I think we can have addictions. I'm just using that term. I'm just using that word because it makes the most sense here. Yeah. That are not like clinically diagnosed, but we are addicted to them in the sense that they have a control over us. Yeah, that's good. So that's what I'm talking about here. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the most acceptable addictions? I'm putting that in air quotes. That we have as leaders. Success. Okay. Um, the desire for influence and platform. I guess that's success. I think it's success. Okay. So, I, think so, that is, I think that's so the most desirable. Yeah, success. Like addiction is like to be successful in whatever scope or sphere of influence that you, that you have. And the tough thing about that is it's not bad to be successful. I'm going to argue that addictions are not necessarily, they never start bad for the most part. Almost none of them. Okay, let's talk about that. So I think that, like, when we talk about addictions, we're also biblically simultaneously talking about idolatry. Typically, idolatry in the Old Testament and the New Testament is this concept of giving value and worth to something that might be good but is not ultimate. Yeah. And we attribute ultimate value, ultimate glory, ultimate worth to these inanimate objects or desires or whatever else, and in it we're robbing God of what only he can rightfully give to us. And I think this is the root cause, the root kind of issue of addiction. It, addiction is we no longer look for the, what we desire and crave from God himself through the means that God gives. And we go to either something else or we cut God out completely and we only look to the means and we make that ultimate. So I was talking with a friend of mine. We were having a conversation about why there were so many overweight pastors. Okay. <laughs> this this took a turn I was not expecting. I'm just letting you know <laughs> right now. Hey, I was ready for almost anything. We're going down roads. <laughs> we're going down roads and we're going to talk about all the things. Okay. This is something that we don't talk about and I want to talk about you're this. You're right. I've never I've never I had have this wanted, I have wanted to talk about this for a long time so I'm so glad you're sitting in that chair because all right. here we go. You ready? Yeah. You're uncomfortable right I'm now. I'm so uncomfortable, y'all. I know. Okay. I don't want honestly the, the, I want to let's be technical about it. Okay. The, the, the word is obese. The correct word is obese and I want to be correct which about can it. Be, I'm not, which can be um, metrically quantified yes. based off of your body composure, body weight, water weight, body mass mass like all the like like you're right this is obesity is an actual issue it's a problem it's a problem that leads to cardiovascular issues diabetes heart issues yes 
And I want to say this too. I have spent a lifetime almost dealing with body image issues. Mm -hmm. So I am tender to this and I do not approach this with, you know, flippancy in any way. I'm getting at a real point here. The observation of there being a lot of uh, obese pastors was that it is my belief that food addiction in ministry leadership is an acceptable addiction. Because I think that there are, I'm, I'm going to say men, but I mean, it's women too. I'm going to put us both in there. But I think there are a lot of men who might not want to go down the road of getting involved in an addiction to pornography, let's say. In the, they're, a, they're a spiritual leader. They don't want to get into that. So they're like, I'll just stuff my, I'll just I think, my, I think that's idealistic. My. The data, now this is... I don't even know. No, Should no, I'm not this? saying they're not. Wait a minute. Yes, we're going to get into it. I'm not saying they're not into porn. But what I'm saying is, what if there's a guy who's like, I am I am feeling overwhelmed in my ministry. Yes. Okay, ride this, ride this wavelength with me for a minute, Joel. Just okay. please. I've wanted to talk to someone about this for a long time. <laughs> okay. I am feeling overwhelmed in my ministry. I am I am trying to numb a a need or a a feeling or a whatever and I I know I shouldn't turn to porn so I'm going to turn to food. And I think that's why we have some overweight pastors. Yes. I agree. <laughs> and it may be that they're also addicted and they're in, in this state of indulgence and they're also addicted to porn. And so there's multiple things. But I think some of them are, gosh, I don't want to turn to porn, so I'm going to turn to food. Well, I hope. I think. Uh, Am I on to anything here? Because I think you're on to something. The, the porn thing I think I want to talk about later. Yes. I want to have a conversation on that because I've been doing a deep dive. No, we in definitely sexuality, want to talk about that. Sexuality, pornography, yes. and, and the. Right. Oh, I'm calling it the porn pandemic issue yeah. that we've got going on. Let's talk about this, though. I think yes, absolutely, but I think the addictive thing behind the thing is is control. So let's right. talk about leaders and ministry. I'm going to talk about myself. Okay. How many things are happening in my day that are that I am out of control? I cannot control my staff people. I cannot control the perception of Instagram about a picture I post. I cannot control um, – the, there's so many things I can't control. What my kids do, what they don't do, all these things are uncontrollable in my life. What is the one thing that I can control? Driving down the street and hitting the McDonald's yeah. and grabbing a double uh, double quarter pounder with cheese, with fry. And, I'm, and here's the thing. I'm not saying that that's bad. But when it becomes a medicator for us, right? then that thing becomes, well, I can control it. So now that I can control it, I feel a sense of restability from the lack of stability and I think we've got the core root of addiction here. Yes. Because I'm going to keep going back to that thing that I feel like I can control and in the process I'm actually losing more control. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like, yes, to all of that, I feel like that we in ministry are eating our feelings to a great degree. That's what I feel like. And I feel like as a result it, it's showing up. It, we, we, it is visible. And, and, and again, I've struggled with body image issues. I'm checking myself at the door. I, I'm, I'm saying this. I want us to talk about this because I think it's kind of an acceptable addiction. I'm air quotes again. I do. I feel like it is because we are shouldering a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a difficult time to be a ministry leader. Mm-hmm. And 
I think we're eating our feelings to a degree. So I want, I really wanted to talk about that component that is not talked about. Why are addictions so prevalent that they are becoming the thing that literally topples our ministries at this point? Like, are we just, are we just not able to see out of the weeds? Are we just allowing them? Are we ignoring the red flags? Like, why are we getting to the point that... Our- I, let me ask you this. Do you think there's a difference? Because there's a there's a little bit of an age gap between you and I, yeah. right? Like, in terms... And I don't say that... In, I'm not saying that in a weird <laughs> way. I'm just saying, like... He's trying to say I'm older. I'm not saying... I'm just saying... Everyone already You're like a big sister, good. right? Yeah, yeah And good. so, um, in that sense, I do think that... It, I, my question for you is, were there visibly different ministry quote-unquote addictions that you observed than what we're seeing today like what would you list when you were growing up and you were like watching all this stuff happen before you were actively in leadership yourself right what were those things that you're like oh that's an issue that's now that you can look back and say those are issues and do you do we see a difference from what we're seeing today I don't think there was much of a difference. I mean, okay. I, I I would say food was a food was, was still food, food was still then. I mean, you know, I I remember evangelists coming to our church and they were large. I mean, there wasn't any different. <laughs> right? Look, at, it's so true. I mean, That's also, why I'm laughing. Is like also, dude, it's true. Also, dude, Jerry Falwell. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. And and listen. I'm not trying to trash anybody. I want us to talk about this, Joel. We're not talking about things that are important. So I think, but the thing that's interesting, and now I'm like, the the body keeps the score, the book we talked about before. It's super important. I think maybe another aspect, I talked earlier about control. I think another aspect of this is anxiety, depression, and stress. Yes, and also I do want to say this. I don't know everybody's situation. We got medical issues at play. Right. I acknowledge that. You know, I, I want to say that for sure. Yeah. And so in that sense, too, it's like, okay, you've got the stress of ministry. You've got the anxiety over the things that you cannot control. Right. And then you have a packed ministry life. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, Lisa, what my, my family right now is in a uh, – we've talked about this uh, personally off offline, like – you know, we're changing our entire diet stuff. We're we're trying to eat healthier, all this other stuff. It, you want just getting my kids' food ready for school the night before? If before it took 10, 15 minutes to pack three lunches, it takes us almost an hour now just to get the snacks and the organic, and and we're going to ten different stores. It feels like to get things that are healthy. And so now think about that. You've got a ministry life that is jam packed. With you've got to be all over the place all the time. It actually takes effort to think about being healthy, to eat healthy, right? And so now you've got the convenience of these types of foods that are addictive in nature that's combined with the stress, anxiety, and the packed like calendar. And it's this sab- self-sabotaging almost environment where you get to a place of, and it's not just obesity, it's cardio, it's heart issues, people that are having heart attacks, strokes, diabetes. I mean, the, the, the physical is an indication of what's taking place internally. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, the, the whole conversation is convicting me. I just want us to discuss things that I think sometimes are not discussed, more acceptable addictions again that are less overt right because porn is one of those things that is more overt okay but before we get to porn i want to take us for a spin take it 
because I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a cultural observation. Okay. And I want you to tell me if you think I'm on or not. Okay. I think that if there was a season, there still is a season of food addiction. I think that there's a new season that is health addiction. And in, let me talk about this. CrossFit. CrossFit. Okay. The Instagram body life. The picture perfect. It's beach body life. No doubt about it. You mean so, you mean an over obsessive health life. An over obsessive an over obsessive health life. But, but really what that is is an over obsessive self image. Right? Like or like a, a image that you present. And I think that's an addiction as well. I could not agree more. So no, we're seeing the polar opposites of it, right? Of the same spectrum. You're exactly right. So you see the obesity, but then I think what we're seeing today in a culture that is social media driven is the filter, but also like I've got, and it's like my Instagram is filled with here's a new green smoothie shake that you should get, and here's a new matcha drink, and here's a new this and that. What is that idiot? What is that an addiction to though? So for for me, like I'm thinking, like the the addiction to food or whatever would be more like feeding our feelings. It would be like right feeding our feelings, but I don't know, like this whole image thing on social media or this, you know going extreme with with the body would that be more of the addiction to approval yes i think it's feeding our value because that's what i'm more our, thinking along those lines they're kind of a different currency it's a different that's that's brilliant it's a different currency one is an internal currency and one is an external currency yeah what about netflix i mean that, like binge watching shows yeah i mean that's like yeah yeah i mean i think another one is interesting is gaming uh, younger, younger generation. Did, did that just it's hurt your s- heart just a tiny? Did you die inside a little bit when you said gaming? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I saw you wilt a yeah. tiny bit. Well, because you love to game. I mean, listen, and it's fine I mean, to game. I mean, yes. It's, again, it's I'm when NBA Two K Twenty Two right now. It's when it's it goes into what addiction. Obsession. The elevation of it. The compulsion of it. And I've got a good way for you to know if it's gone into that at the end of the show. As a leader, do you ever feel like there's not enough of you to go around? Maybe you feel alone or that you're too busy helping others to tend to your own needs. Do you ever wonder who you should talk to about your life? If so, I want to tell you about Anchored Hope and the excellent counseling available to you today. Anchored Hope brings care and counseling to ministry leaders like you, as well as the people you serve. They offer convenient and confidential virtual counseling with professionally trained and theologically educated counselors. Choose a counselor based on a specific issue or contact the Anchored Hope team to ask for a recommendation based on your needs or partner with them as a ministry and utilize their services as a helpful extension of your team. As a shepherd and leader, you have to have a place you can try for your own help and healing. To explore counselors and schedule your first session, visit anchoredhope.co. If you use code MINISTRYSTRONG at sign up, you'll get 10% off all your sessions through 2023. Again, that's anchoredhope.co. And don't forget to use code MINISTRYSTRONG when you register. Today, millions around the world are suffering as a result of violence, oppression, and extreme poverty. Sometimes this endless cycle of suffering can feel overwhelming. If you're like me, you want to bring an end to the suffering. As a follower of Jesus, you feel compelled to make a difference in our hurting world, and you want your church to be a part of the solution too. But sometimes it's hard to know exactly where to start and who to trust. 
That's why I'm excited to tell you about The Path from our friends at World Relief. The Path is a community of bold, compassionate people of faith who are committed to fighting against suffering and injustice in pursuit of lasting change by partnering with World Relief through their monthly gifts to World Relief. Whether it is a crisis in Ukraine, an earthquake in Haiti, or an influx of refugee arrivals from Afghanistan, you can trust that the PATH community is already there, responding with the love of Jesus alongside you and your church. Thanks to the monthly support from the PATH community, World Relief is making a difference around the world, and you and your church can be a part of it. Join the PATH community of monthly givers by visiting worldrelief.org forward slash ministry strong. That's worldrelief.org. Dot org forward slash ministry strong. Be a part of the solution. Join the path at worldrelief.org forward slash ministry strong today. Let's talk about porn for a minute. Yeah. Go. <laughs> let me let me give you some stats. Let me give you some stats. Do it. Uh, a, a very popular, most popular uh, uh, pornographic website. I'm not going to even name it. But uh, it had over 42 billion visits in 2019, according to a Forbes article. Wait, say the number again. 42 billion in 2019. This is right prior to the pandemic. I think that number, based off of recent stats, skyrocketed during the pandemic, during COVID-19. That hurts my heart. Okay, no, it's going to get worse. NBC News reports that pornography has a global revenue... In the area of ninety-seven billion dollars, with anywhere between ten to twelve billion coming directly from the U.S., it's no wonder <laughs> that our modern culture has gravitated and clung onto pornography. Now, here's an interesting thing for women, because forever it's like, well, no, pornography is a, a man issue. Data as early as two thousand nine showed that one third of consumers of porn are women. Yeah, at least seventy percent of those women kept their porn watching a secret. In a 2003 study that included Christian women, one in six, this is their quote, acknowledged a problem at some level or another with pornography. So what we're talking about is not a fringe issue. What we're talking about is an addiction, is a is a pandemic, an epidemic, whatever you want to call it, that um, is not just at the front doors of our houses, it is in our pockets in our bedrooms, in our living rooms. I mean, it is on our social media feeds. And it is something that I think is actually chemically redefining and reorienting how we frame our relationships with with opposite genders. Mm. It's destroying us. Do you think it's even a secret anymore that ministry leaders are addicted to porn? I mean, like, I, I don't even think this is up for debate, Joel. No, I, in fact, I need to talk to Jim Jim Cress about this, but I think Jim said a, a, he gave me some recent stats, and and it was like I don't even want to remember the data because it's just it's just heartbreaking. It is it is an overwhelming amount of people in active ministry are addicted to pornography at some level. I mean, and, and I to me to me this is just because one we are human beings. It's not like the you know being a ministry leader changes that reality. So as human beings, we all have the same capabilities of having addictions, right? Yep. So there's that. Then there's also this thing of we are in these positions of, you know, spiritual leadership, of spiritual informing, uh, where people are looking to us. We feel pressure. We feel inadequacy. 
we have the very real thing that I'm not afraid to say, which is spiritual warfare on a level that is um, nuclear Mm -hmm. often where Satan comes at us and tempts us, but also attacks us with shame and guilt and accusatory manner. Right. And we don't deal with it in the right way. And so we turn to porn because it's quick and it's easy and it's, you know, satisfying temporarily and all the things. Mm -hmm. So I think there's all of that at play. Uh, And, you know, it's one of those things that we also feel so very guilty about. It, It creates such a cycle of guilt. Because of all things we shouldn't be doing, right? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be doing that. Right. And so, and then if it's found out, you know, and then the way it affects, secrecy. Our, affects our marriages. Right. The secrecy culture feeds, yeah. feeds that. Because, again, the acceptable addictions like Netflix, like, you food. know, food, like, you know, some of those things, gaming. Uh, work, workaholic. Like, nobody's going to be. being a workaholic? Oh, for sure. That's one. But nobody's getting mad at you if you're gaming. Like, they may say, Joel, really, like, don't game so much. My but wife gets mad at me about my gaming. Okay, sure, but, like, nobody's going to judge you for gaming right. necessarily. Not on the same level as if you're doing porn. Right, for sure. My word. For so sure. So it's just, there's a lot of things at play. You know, I've been very open about the fact that I've had a shopping addiction uh, in the past. And it's something that I manage. Yeah. Because I think these things have to be managed. I believe, especially if you've been exposed to them. So if you have lived your life in a way that something has had a grip on you, that something has, that you've loved something a lot in a way that it's been elevated in your life, you live in a management system with it mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that you know, we say, well, can't you overcome anything with the help of Christ? Yes, I believe there is an over- overcoming moment. I then believe that it becomes a process of overcoming through management. It's a continual overcoming. Yes. So I think that's a mistake that we make sometimes as leaders. Like, well, I've just got to overcome it and then it will be done. Yeah. No, this is a process of overcoming through management lifestyle. Help of the Holy Spirit always. So with my shopping thing, I have a system that is set up that not only everyone knows about it. I mean, I, I put myself in a position, Joel, so that <laughs> I can't overly indulge by writing about it so the whole world right, knows about right. it. I've talked about it on shows. There was a moment in the beginning when I was doing this this shopping fast for a year that I did that I thought, I don't want to tell anybody about it. And and I had a right motive in that. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to write about it on the blog because I thought, I don't want to tell everybody my business with God that we're doing because I think that's a little, like, showboaty. Sure. Like, I'm doing the shopping thing. Look at me. I'm going to do a year shopping fest. So it came from a good motive. But the Lord spoke to me about that and said, I actually want you to tell people so that you can't shop right, locally yeah. without people knowing it and you've outed yourself. Yeah. And so I took it to the blog for that reason. And I think that's super important. So now I have a system by which I live and how I shop because you have to go on with life at a certain point. I mean, I'm going to have to buy stuff, right? Right. Uh, but I, I have this sort of litmus test that I do with myself that I think would be a really good challenge for people 
Because they might be thinking, like, how do I know if it's gone too far? How do I know if I love it too much? How do I know if it might be diving into an addiction, right? Here's a question that you can ask yourself. Does the thought of giving it up make you feel sad, afraid, or plotting a plan to keep it? Mm. That's how you know might have gone too far. I mean, I've got to think about that for a second, but I think what you did for us is, what were the three terms? Sad? Afraid. Afraid. Or plotting. plotting. A plan to keep it. So I think, this is my thought, the plotting the plan seems to be you are addicted. (laughs) If the thought of that removal of that thing is going to make you try to like devise and construct a way to keep it, that's a big issue. The sad and the afraid, I think, is that the second one, afraid? Yeah. I think those are indicators, um, but they're not necessarily a full-fledged addiction. But if you're I think thinking, it's like warning signs. Right. If you're thinking, if, if it makes you feel mournful, like, I might have to give this up. Like, you, you, you're kind of sad about that. You're kind of mourning that. Yeah. That's a, that's, that, a good, that's a sign that, that you you at least are on your way. I think that's that's where I would go with that. I think it's a sign that you're on your way and it's probably a really good moment for you to go to give that thing up. So you can experience that sadness, that you can exercise that self-discipline that's necessary for it. Because I really do think that if you don't deal with those two things, you will be in full-blown addictive mode, which at that point, it might require like therapy and rehab and all that kind of other stuff, depending on what your medicator or what your addiction actually is. And the fear... The fear factor is, I don't know if I can live without this. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Ministry Strong. As Joel and I unpacked the complexity of addictions in ministry, I knew it would be important to talk to someone who had dealt with an addiction in a profound way. I couldn't think of anyone I would rather talk to about this than Irene Rollins. She opens up about how she dealt with an alcohol addiction while ministering in her church and really gives us some unique insight into this issue. Stay tuned as I continue this conversation with Irene Rollins on Ministry Strong. Ministry Strong is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts, produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Artwork by Caleb Peavy and Noel Rhodes. Original music by Robert Elkins. A special thanks to my Ministry Strong team. Thank you for your dedication and hard work. Your hosts of Season 1 are Lisa Whittle and Dr. Joel Matamale. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get strong in him.